Hello everyone, I'm Dalton Burdett. I'm Ryan Warner. And we are the Movie Knights. Well, some of them. If you're watching this, it's because you want to hear our uncensored and unfiltered thoughts and opinions about the world of movies. So kick back, grab a snack, and thank you for being a part of the conversation. Ryan, how's your week been, my guy? Oh, it's been good. Finally saw Tenet. So did I. My god, my god. I want to briefly talk about it because i know you put out a video yes no spoilers but just to get my thoughts of course very yeah. vague yes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but very vague my thoughts on it um but the biggest news that we have to talk about today and probably the most shocking mm. uh is very unfortunate news is chadwick boseman yes uh did pass away uh this past week mm-hmm. and it's very unfortunate came out of nowhere um but it would i'd feel awful if we didn't talk about no, no, this of course first. of course we're gonna talk about chadwick boseman first um what an icon he has mm-hmm. been for african-americans well across the world really um just being able to play these iconic roles like jackie robinson and then bringing black panther to life mm-hmm. um he wasn't the first black star to be in a comic book role uh because uh with blade what's his name wesley snipes, wesley snipes was in blade um but but he was the first in this like renaissance of comic book films. correct yeah. and it made not it made one billion dollars not two but I, it I made think it, it made 200 million in its opening weekend though which is absolutely insane yeah um but do you have any thoughts about his career because i know you're a big baseball fan so naturally jackie mm-hmm. robinson does fall under that umbrella yeah well the first movie i saw him in was 42 where he mm-hmm. played jackie robinson i saw it with my good friend jacob we uh, both went together. It was back when I lived in Citrus County, Florida. We saw it. I believe I saw it twice in theaters. Just because, mm-hmm. one, I've loved the Jackie Robinson story. But I always thought that he was re- he did such a great performance in that film. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember after, and I put this when I did like my social media, I remember Jacob and I were talking after 42. And we both said, like, holy crap, that Chadwick Boseman guy was really, really good in that movie. Like, mm-hmm. I can't wait to see what else that guy does. He was so good. And he had been acting in television a lot, like, for about a decade before mm-hmm. that. But that was, like, his big break, in a way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after he did that movie, it was just, it was crazy, like, how talented he clearly was. He went on to also play James Brown in a movie called Get On Up, which I still haven't seen. Mm-hmm. But I heard nothing but great things about his performance in that movie. Um, but he did a lot of work I really liked. He was in a film called Marshall, where he played Thurgood Marshall. Mm-hmm. I thoroughly loved that film. And uh, he was excellent in it. Sterling Cam Brown was in it as well. Josh Gad, really, really excellent movie. And look at Thurgood Marshall's life. And of course, he played Black Panther, which I think is what he's most notably known for. Mm-hmm. I remember watching Captain America Civil War and walking out going like, holy crap, I cannot wait for that Black Panther movie now because he was so awesome in Civil War. And then the Black Panther movie came out and it was a worldwide phenomenon. I worked in the box office when it came out. Mm-hmm. And I remember selling tickets for months, at, like into Infinity War. Black Panther was still selling out. Yeah. And it was absolute insanity how many people had come to see that movie. And I remember seeing it opening weekend as well. It was, it was a really good movie. And it's it's just so sad because no one knew about his secret battle with cancer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I respect that he was able to keep something private about himself. But I also, it's really admirable that he was diagnosed with cancer, was going through chemotherapy, and was doing surgeries, but also working out to stay in shape for Black Panther and just doing tons of films. Like, he just was in Defy Bloods this year, which I watched and really enjoyed. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's insane. Like, I, I'm still kind of can't believe it that he's passed away, but he was so young. I think he was 43. He was so young. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just, it's crazy because I would have never known that he had the cancer. Now, some images have come out of him earlier in this year where people were like, well, he looks kind of thin, but we all kind of played it off as, oh, he's probably doing something for a role, you know, but just, you know, now in hindsight, it's just, it's, it's insane. It's crazy. I just really can't believe it. Yeah, it's truly unfortunate because he had such like a shining career ahead of him and it's, like you said, very admirable, admirable that he was able to keep something so secretive to himself because he didn't want the world to know or get worried. And the fact that he did so much for cancer research and he gave so much back to like kids who had cancer and the fact that he was able to bring, like, unfortunately I haven't seen any of his other movies, but I've heard nothing but fantastic things about his performances in those movies. But the fact that he was able to bring such like iconic people to life speaks in volume about who he is as a man and 
his life that he wanted to like bring these iconic people to life and have people come out in spades and just watch these movies um, because Black Panther did something that should have been done a while ago but did something for the world like people came out like in traditional African garb to like watch this movie which is just fantastic that he was able to bring so many different people together to watch this movie and it was such a huge huge deal like you said being at the movie theater for months after it came out and still selling out you know it's just something that was unprecedented before and uh you know it's very unfortunate that he did pass at such a young age but you know we'll just uh we'll have to be able to celebrate everything that he did for you know black people across the world you know we're, we're gonna have to be able to celebrate that moving forward because he he did a lot so uh we'll it, it's unfortunate but you know we will yeah. have to keep moving in his honor you know mm-hmm. and it's it's a really sad thing to do and i know some people are naturally thinking like you know what's the mcu gonna do mm-hmm. and i don't want to get into that right now i want to wait a little bit before we kind of talk about just the out of respect step. yeah but i mean it's a natural question to ask but, uh, yeah, no, it's just, um, the good thing is, though, his life was well-lived. He knew he was running out of time, and he did as much as he could in that time period and mm-hmm. didn't stop. So, you know, I, I really, my heart goes out to his family and the ones that were close to him, because this, I can't imagine how tragic this must be for them. Absolutely. So, on that, unfortunately, somber note, we are going to go ahead and move on to some of the other movie news sections that mm-hmm. we had uh, planned for the day. Um, some a bit of personal news. Um, our short film Contrition just got into the Orlando Film Festival. Yay! Which is super awesome. Thank you so much, Orlando Film Festival. Can't wait to participate in that virtually and safe, of course. Um, but in the first, you know, actual news that people care about story, um, the King's Man got delayed again. Mm-hmm. Movie that we've very much been looking forward to. Should have seen it already. Yep, in February, and then again this September. But now it has again been pushed to February of 2021, according to the Hollywood Reporter. Um, no specific reason given other than, you know, we're in the middle of COVID. I'm sure they're pushing a bunch on their release dates, and they probably feel that just February of next year is when it will be its most successful, mm-hmm. which I just feel so bad for the marketing campaign for this movie because I, I feel like it might suffer a fate of too much pre-marketing so that when it comes out, people are like, oh, that movie didn't come out like a year ago, and then hopefully it still makes money because I love these Kingsman movies, and I want to see another one other than this prequel, Yeah, and so I hope it does well at the box office, but just what are your thoughts on Kingsman getting bumped again? I mean... If New Mutants can make money, this movie can make money. <laughs> we don't know how much it. money New Mutants will we, make. We don't know, but we also don't know how much money Kingsman is going to mm-hmm. make. Um, but I know that has a huge following. Everyone loves those movies. I know a lot of people are very much so looking forward to it. Uh, us included. Yeah. So it just sucks with COVID happening and all these movies getting pushed mm-hmm. back. And uh, I was actually looking at the movies that are slated to come out for the rest of this year that haven't been pushed back just yet. And there's like maybe five or six movies that are like the big movies of the year, which is really a shame because we're in September now and this is like prime Oscar time right yeah. now yeah. where we should be getting all these fantastic movies. And unfortunately, we aren't. Yeah, it's going to be weird. It's going to be a weird Oscar season here. <laughs> Yeah, but we'll see if we have something planned for that. We shall see. Very <laughs> mystic. I liked that. Right? Uh, speaking of, like, making money and things. Oh. The Weekend Box Office Report. Oh, yes. Please back take it again. away with that. Uh, let's see. In the weekend of August 28th through the 30th, coming in at number one was The New Mutants, Ryan. Surprise, surprise. Hey, even if it doesn't make any more money after this, they can forever say... That their release date was pushed five times and they opened number one. They can say that. Two weeks in a row. They can say that. New Mutants made $7 million, which was an uptick from $4 million of Unhinged last week. So the box office is increasing. Mm-hmm. And I think with Tenet, it's going to keep increasing, which is just such good news. Um, Unhinged came in at $2 million, only dropping 34% from its previous weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Bill and Ted Face the Music opened at $1 million, but that was also what it made in theaters. It also opened on PVOD at the same time. Yeah. Uh, coming in at number four was The Personal History of David Copperfield, opening at 475000 Which we've heard is fantastic, but we have not seen. Yep. And number f- staying in the top five, Words on Bathroom Walls, bringing in another 444000 a 1.9% increase from last week. Good. Good for them. Good for that cute staying little in, Staying in the top five. Yeah, right. Good for them. But yes, uh, hold on. I-, I wanted to see if I could pull up New Mutant's actual budget, because I've heard different things. It's probably dummy big. It's not, though. 
Really? Mm-hmm. So the New Mutants had a budget of $67 million, which isn't horrible for an X-Men mm, movie. No, it's not. It's pretty low, actually. But they're definitely not making their money back. Probably not. Let's see. Hold on. Let's do quick quick movie math. Quick movie math, Ryan. Yes. We're going to go, not including like release date pushes. Because that marketing budget's probably the same fucking number as that. <laughs> Maybe. We're, we're going to do 67 times... Let's go three, just to you know. Yeah. With marketing, that's about two hundred and one. So this would have to make about two hundred million dollars to be prof to it's break even. Scratching at it. <laughs> and so far, worldwide, it has made ten. So we'll Close. see. Maybe if it stays in theaters for a long time, then more theaters open up in LA and New York. We'll see those numbers jump up. Maybe. I don't no. know, but. It's number one in America last weekend, and, and you can know hold on to that forever. You you helped that movie make its money. You think? Oh yeah, because I did go. Yeah. I did go. Yes, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll go tomorrow. again. I'll see it twice. Fuck it, I don't care. <laughs> Thank God. It's not nearly as bad as people are saying it is. Is it great? No, but it's not. It's not bad. We'll see. I'm I'm seeing it tomorrow. So by the time this podcast comes up, I mm-hmm. would have seen it. Yes, but we'll see. That'll be interesting. By the way, I'm sorry for any janky edits you guys are noticing. I'm getting so many like important phone calls I have to take. It's been a hell of a day. Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. So moving on to our next story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mulan, which famously made the change from opening in theaters to on Disney Plus in September for a $30 uptick plus Disney Plus subscription, mm-hmm. will be available for free to Disney Plus subscribers in December, on December 4th, about 90 days after September. That's crazy. Wow. How, the, how that normally would work if it had a theatrical run. Crazy. Mm-hmm. No, but uh, I'm baffled that they announced this. Like this it's, early. It's on the Disney page. Like, pay this, but in December you'll get it for free. It's like, okay, I'm going to wait till December then. Like, why would you just announce that? Now, if 90 days went by and then they just dropped it, mm-hmm. I think that would have been a smarter move. But I'm very fascinated by the marketing of this because I think it's going to hurt their numbers. I'm very, very curious about that. At least for the casual moviegoer, it will. Yeah. Like, for us, I, I could definitely see us, like, renting it and then yeah. having, like, a watch party for yeah. it. Yeah, But... We're also we, we we will <laughs> yeah we're also not the uh, average moviegoer yeah and so that just really fascinated me because I feel like they're kind of hurting themselves a little bit mm-hmm. but uh, I really hope that this doesn't do better than Tenet because that would be big bad news for movie theaters but uh yeah but I it, it'd be bad but you know it would only work because it's a Disney movie yeah. but like you know everyone else would be like oh it worked for Disney it could work for us no it fucking yeah, can't yeah. No. and then it won't be yeah yeah. so I'm curious to see what these numbers are going to be because yeah. I think it'll do okay do you I'm, think it'll do okay now or do you think I it, think it'll do okay. okay I just don't think it'll do what they could have done in the theaters I still think it was a really dumb move to take mm-hmm. it out of the theaters but you know it, it was an interesting choice but I, I'm fascinated by just letting people know it's coming out in December that which really, I think is a horrible move yeah really dumb really dumb but in december it'll be free if you're a disney plus subscriber so hey there there you go now you don't have to fucking worry about paying the 30 dollars that everyone was so upset about but it's like you get six people together it's like but it's like of course they're gonna charge it extra they're not just gonna throw that money away and put it on disney plus for no reason that movie costs so much to make yeah yeah no there's no way they already did a move like that once with hamilton this year because that was supposed to have a theatrical release oh was it really yeah and they were just like you know what it's the pandemic let's disney plus now hmm nice of them Drew a lot of attention. Subscribers went up. They did their job. You the can't mouse do that is not with, that nice. <laughs> you can't do that with Mulan, like, back-to-back. Like, it's yeah. not going to work like that. Because some people are sick of these Disney remakes anyway. Although, I think this one looks excellent. Um, it'll be curious to see. And I'll have a review up, because I'm who I am. I'm going to fucking buy it. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, well. Whatever. We'll see. I just thought that was fascinating. And yeah, I, no. Bad move. Bad move, mouse. Bad move. Oh, boy. Huh? Oh, boy. <laughs> I am fucking screwing myself right now. <laughs> Oh, my God. But uh, our last piece of movie news comes to us from Deadline. The writers of A Quiet Place are mm-hmm. going to write and direct a feature thriller film, which is being kept very under wraps. Apparently, it's just going to be called 65. But helping produce the film is Sam Raimi. Yahoo! And it's got its first star in Adam Driver. So we're getting a movie that's written and directed by The Quiet Place writers, produced by Sam Raimi and starring Adam Driver. I don't think I've ever been to a fucking theoretical movie faster <laughs> in my whole life. Uh, everything else about it is under wraps. We don't know anything about the plot. We, nope. just, we just know it's like some sort of thriller. Uh, but I, I'm there. Like, I'm going. Do you think it's going to be like crawl level? But like... <laughs> 
no, I script think, wise, a quiet place is way better than yeah, crawl. Yeah, so I'm I'm thinking it'll be like a more serious uh But with Sam Raimi's name attached to it, it's like yeah, you didn't he also know. produce the grunge grudge? Yeah, yeah he, whatever he's it was. produced a lot of horror films. But I mean we'll see. Crawl is crawl is great. Don't let anyone talk <laughs> shit about crawl. That movie was great. Tarantino loved it, and that's all that matters. That's all that- <laughs> No, but uh, but yeah, no. I'm very curious about this movie now with all these names attached yeah. to it. Um, but yeah, we know nothing about it other than Adam Driver, Quiet Place writers who will be directing it as well, and Sam Raimi. See, and like that's all you got to tell me, and I'm I, there. I'm there. I mean, I think it's going to be solid either way. So don't take what I'm going to say in the wrong way. But if you would have just had like Adam Driver starring in a movie that was penned and directed by the Quiet Place writers, I'd be like, oh shit, that's going to be fantastic. And then he throws Sam Raimi's name into it, and it's like. Like, how how good of a movie are we talking here? Are we talking, like, fun, dumb movie like Crawl? Or are we talking, like, genuinely good, like, Quiet Place? Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know where that's going to, like, fall under for me. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Because Sam Raimi is notorious for, like, having B-movies and, like, just fun yeah. movies. Yeah. But we'll it'll, see. It'll be interesting. I think it'll be an interesting movie to see. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Well, now that the movie news section is out of the way, we're going to go ahead and move on to classic movie reviews. What's a classic movie to us? Ah, I'm so glad you asked. A classic movie is a movie that's at least 25 years old, is in high critical standing, and has a good following of fans. Ryan, what movie are we watching, or did we watch this week? Superman. You can't see it, but I'm pointing I... all the way. There's a... What do we have? We have Jaws. We have Star Wars. And then we have Superman. 1978's Superman the Movie. That's the official title, Superman the Movie. The Movie. Is yeah. it really? Yeah. Yeah, because uh, people, they, they couldn't let people thinking they were going to the theater to just watch a comic book. Silly. Oh. So they made it Superman the Movie. That's fair. It just says Superman on the poster. Yeah, on that poster it does. But I think on the official billing, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. Superman the Movie. Interesting. Which is very fascinating. But, yes, I'm, I'm actually going to let you go first because... This movie is very near and dear to my heart, and I don't want to steal the floor right away. So, Ryan, you go first, talking about Superman the movie. Yeah. I love the Star Wars theme it has for it, which is fucking fantastic. It is not the Star Wars theme. He always fucking does this to me with John Williams. <laughs> it's a, it's one of the best musical scores ever. Not today. Not a, No, not, not now. We're not going to do this now on camera. <laughs> Respect the score. Respect it. No, it, it is genuinely one of the greatest scores of all time, but it does sound like Star Wars. Um, but it's the same composer, so naturally it's going to sound similar. I just always give him a hard the time for The same composer. It. John Williams, the fucking greatest music <laughs> composer that ever lived. Jesus Christ. <laughs> like he's some Joe Schmo. Yeah. Um, oh, look at that. They're the same. <laughs> Who the fucking tunk it? Um, God. But now this movie's surprisingly very, like, cute. Especially when you're looking looking at it from today's lens with all these mm-hmm. comic book movies we have nowadays with, that are just groundbreaking now. But, like, back then, it's, like, it's a cute, fun movie. Like, it's very, like, looking at Christopher Reeve over there, mm-hmm. like, just... I don't know if you can see him. Maybe you can. I, I, I don't know if you can see him on your camera, but he just... That feels like you're watching a comic book movie come to life. Like, mm-hmm. everything's just so, like big and like it feels larger than life the classic like whitey tidy mm-hmm. outfit that he has like the red underwear lex luther is fun and otisburg their banter back and forth is absolutely otisburg. fantastic which <laughs> you still go around just like it's even so funny yeah that's something you quote all the time oh. but like how iconic is that score and how iconic is it when he catches lois lane Dude, like falling I, don't from, even get like, me started on that it is. It has some of the best movie moments that I've yeah. seen, especially like whenever the burglar is like going up the wall and he's just like standing looking yeah, at just him. Just so like, classical Superman. Yeah. Like, uh, but he's, he says something like, was the elevator broken or something like that? <laughs> so good. It's just, it's so, it feels wholesome when you watch it. Wholesome is the word I was going to use. Wholesome yeah. like perfectly describes this movie. Because, like, in the whole first act, like, you don't see Superman in the outfit for, like, almost an hour. Mm-hmm. Like, it does the whole Krypton thing with fucking Marlon Brando. Who's top billed in this. Yeah, as Jor-El. For, for, the, for a while there, he was the most paid actor in a movie, and he's only in it for, like, six minutes. He got, like, three million dollars or something. It's Fuck that crazy. Guy. Yeah. But he plays Jor-El. They do the whole thing on Krypton where he's like, the planet's going to blow up. And they're like, fuck you, you idiot. And so he just sends his kid <laughs> off. And <it's> still... <laughs> I think that's more of a Man of Steel approach. But, but... like it was still like yeah. that. 
Um, and, and then you get sequel set up in the first five minutes. He sends General Zod and his goons to the Phantom Zone mm-hmm. and, like, the little, like, triangle thing. Like, you'll Which bow is down so to fucking me. cheesy. You'll bow down to me one day, Jor-El, and someday you're heirs. Not sequel baby at all. Yeah. But, uh, no. Great, great opening. You get Clark Kent as a teenager growing up on the farm. You get Pa Kent's unfortunate death. You get a bunch of really cool scenes, like when he punts the football off of the fucking universe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so great. Um, tons of great stuff. And then when he finally gets to Metropolis, dude, okay, Christopher Reeve's performance as like a dual role. Like Clark Kent and Superman are like com- played totally differently. And there's a great scene where um, he like, goes to Lois' house for a date, but he was just there as Superman for an interview. Mm-hmm. So he flies away as Superman, comes in as Clark, is like, he's hunched over, he's got his glasses. He's, he's like, oh. still like fumbly. Yeah, like, he's, as Clark he, he's like, oh, uh, sorry that you're late, Lois. Maybe you should go you know, change your outfit because you know, you're still in your nightgown. But I've figured blah, blah, blah. And then when she leaves... He stops upright, takes off the glasses and smiles, like just transforms into another person. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he's so good in this film. I also love the scene that they um, paid homage to in Patty Jenkins' Wonder Woman when mm-hmm. they're in the alley and the guy shoots Lois and he catches the bullet but pretends to just pass out yeah. and then he like looks at it later. It's just such, such good scenes like that. Gene Hackman as Lex Luthor, are you kidding me? <laughs> he's just obsessed with real estate and land. And he always makes fun of Otis, and it's so funny. Otis, what does the number 200 have in common with you and me? What's that, sir? It's your weight and my IQ. And then just continues doing whatever he's doing. Mm-hmm. So, it's so great. I love whenever he gets to, um, I don't want to say Daily Bugle, but Daily Planet. <laughs> Planet yeah. um, and he meets Perry White, and he's like just fumbling around everywhere. Yeah. And like he is Superman. Like He could just absolutely murder everyone in that building. <laughs> but you know what? He's going to fucking spill a coffee or whatever he spills. Yeah. You know, and it's just, it's so, it is very wholesome. And like you said, like, just the transformation between, like, Clark Kent and Superman yeah. having two different roles, because he has to keep that identity. He can't, mm-hmm. like, give off that he's yeah. Superman with glasses. And, yeah, and Beatty as uh, Perry White, when he's like, this is going to be the most single most important interview since God talked to Moses. And he, like, <laughs> chews on cigars. <laughs> so 70s, it's so Oh, great. absolutely. Oh, and just, God, the scene when he catches Lois Lane mm-hmm. as Superman, and you get the John Williams score, like, in its full glory. You know, she's falling from the helicopter from some fucking... And it, rid- like, slowly Fucking starts. ridiculous circumstances. There's a great scene where he sees a phone booth and goes, like, nah, and, like, goes over, tones in the building, a pimp compliments his outfit because it's the 70s. Yep, as he one does. F- flies up, catches her. It's okay, miss. I got you. You got me. Who's got you? It's so good. It's so wholesome. Like, yeah. how do you not love it? Like, I can have really bad days, watch that, and be fine for about two and a half years. It's so great. <laughs> and, and then his uh, whole, like, spiel, that like... That is actually the pinned tweet on my Twitter. Is it really? Yes, it is. That's how much I love that scene. And then the fact that he, like, drops her off, and he's like, statistically speaking, flying is still the safest God, option. so good. It's so wholesome. It now, is. there are things about this movie that don't age exactly well. Like uh, Superman flying, uh, spoiler alert, Superman flying around the universe to turn back time is a really fucking dumb. Yeah. (laughs) And it doesn't really work. And it has so many plot holes when he does that. Yes. Only thing about the movie that doesn't age. Okay, and the miniature effects look bad (laughs) compared to like Star Wars and other movies that use miniatures. The Superman miniature effects are very clearly three inches tall. (laughs) But uh, it's okay. Because everything else is so great. Um, eventually, um, I don't know if we'll do, we might do this later, but, uh, then you get Superman 2, and then Superman 2, the Donner cut, the original Snyder cut of a DC movie. Both, I enjoy both films. I like the Donner cut a little more, but I enjoy both films. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, Superman, the original 1978, it was the first time, like, superhero movie, was, like, dominated pop culture, and it, it even won some, like, visual effects Oscars, I believe. Oh, wow. Yeah, but, uh... You didn't really get another major one until Superman 2 and then Batman in 1989. And mm-hmm. until then, the comic book movies didn't dominate the movie sphere at this time. But Superman proved that they could be very, very successful. Yeah. And uh, just what a fantastic and great, happy, happy movie. It really is. There's yes. nothing, like, negative about it. <laughs> There's a scene with Lex Luthor that gets me every time. Superman, like, blows up his door with his laser vision. Mm-hmm. Or, or, like, he pushes open the door and it completely breaks. And mm-hmm. the door hits the ground. Superman walks in and Gene Hackman just goes, It's open. Come in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my I God. Whenever so the planet blows up and you can clearly see, like, the green screen in the yes, studio yes. that they're in and the string that it's hanging <laughs> yes. on. Like, how pure is so that? So good. And uh, 
I love Gene Hackman and like the kryptonite, how he puts it in a lead box, mm-hmm. and uh, just seeing kryptonite affect Superman for the first time, that would just like cripples him. Yeah, it's so so great. What a, what uh, a wholesome movie that just you can tell everyone just loved being a part of. Such a except lovely... Marlon Brando, but he's Marlon Brando. <laughs> yeah, such a lovely wholesome movie. If you have not watched the original 1978 Superman movie, please do yourself a favor and do it. I believe it's streaming on HBO Max. Okay. I have the 4K, and I saw it in theaters last year mm. on the big screen for the first time, and it was great, and I cried because there was a six-year-old in front of me who had never seen it, so they were, like, reacting to every... Oh, my oh, God. Dude, it was so That's wholesome fantastic. and great. But, uh, yes, please do yourself a favor and watch the original 1978 Superman. Such a good movie. Such a f- wholesome, fun movie. Yeah. Oh. No, I, I genuinely love that. Go ahead and give it some grades, my guy. Oh, five stars. Five out of five? five. Yeah. Like, even though the Superman flying around the world causes a lot of plot holes, mm-hmm. at the time, like, you have to look at it from 1978. Like, yeah. how else is he going to, like, solve that issue? And it's just mm-hmm. like, oh, fly around the world. And it's like, <laughs> okay, like, I can buy into it. Obviously, it wouldn't work for today. But yeah. other than that, I don't really have any negatives about it. Yeah, no, uh, I don't really have any negatives except the end. I, it does hinder my grade a little bit. As much as I love the movie, I'm going to give it an A, second highest grade. Wow, I must fucking hate it. <laughs> but, uh, God, I hate people doing that to me already. But, uh, you know, on the internet, you don't have to just love, completely love, or completely hate something. There can be varying levels. Yeah. And you know what? You could watch it tomorrow and completely fucking hate it. Exactly. No, but uh, I love Superman the movie. I do give it an A just because it hasn't aged as well and because there are other comic book movies that kind of have shown how you can take a comic book movie and make it different. Mm-hmm. But I do love the movie so, so much. And yeah. I'm really glad that we got to watch it again because it is so, so goddamn good. Yeah. No, I, I know that's one that you really hold near and dear to your heart. Very close. Very, oh, yeah. very close. And uh, speaking of comic book movies, and because I don't know how to segue, we're going to go ahead and go on to Franchise Spotlight. What's the, what's that? Franchise Spotlight. I'm glad you asked, camera. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Dory the Explorer. Oh, Can you God. say Delicioso? Good job! <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, um, Franchise Spotlight. This is where we watch an entire franchise of movies break it down movie by movie and give our thoughts and opinions however if a franchise has more than five movies we split it up into parts we've tackled the enormous x-men franchise we're actually going to do four of the franchise films today yes we're going to be doing um x-men days of future past deadpool x-men apocalypse and logan Mm -hmm. so from 2014 to 2017 of the x-men movies whoo ryan go take it off man we're going to go ahead and kick it off with X-Men Days of Future Past. Uh, this movie fucking rules. And if it wasn't for another movie we're going to talk about here in a minute, it'd be the best X-Men movie. I fucking love X-Men Days of Future Past. Mm. It brought back some of the original cast, like even like ones you didn't know you needed, like the return of fucking Iceman. Thank you for that. <laughs> like, that's, that's all you need. Yes. And uh, it mixed with the original cast and the original cast and the prequel cast from First Class very mm-hmm. well. You completely bought the time travel element that it was pitching to you. You got to see the Sentinels. And you have this beautifully human story told across variations of different periods of time. Mm -hmm. And you also get this just amazing journey of them trying to fix continuity problems while also creating more. And it's just, God, Fox and continuity problems are like chocolate and peanut butter. Just you can't can't have one without the other, you know? It's just great. But uh, no, Um, Arab words... Uh, Magneto Michael Fassbender's performance in this Fantastic as well as Ian McKellen mm-hmm. There's a beautiful scene where Charles Xavier Professor X Patrick Stewart gets to have a conversation with James McAvoy and it makes me cry when I watch that mm-hmm. movie It's so good This is still when Jennifer Lawrence wanted to be involved So she does pretty well um, Havoc returns from X-Men First Class mm-hmm. They killed everyone else off screen um, Beast is back as well Nicholas Holt who does a fantastic job mm-hmm. Hugh Jackman of course kills it as Wolverine and you get um, Ellen Page back as uh, um, Kitty Pride. You briefly get Rogue returning, although she was in it more. And there's a version of the movie that has her more, but I haven't seen it. The Rogue cut. Which I have not seen yet. I've heard it's good, though. Um, and just the entirety of everything. Oh, um, Peter Dinklage as Willow Trask mm-hmm. does an excellent job. I love the structure of this movie. I think the script is airtight, and I think the direction. Oh, and Evan Peters is Quicksilver. With Fantastic. The amazing Quicksilver scene. Like one of the coolest sequences of the past 10 years, I think. Oh, absolutely. So well done. Um, I love 
Days of Future Past. Go ahead and dive into it a little bit more for me, Ryan. Yeah, I loved that it had two different storylines going on at the same time. And like you said, you buy into it. And I love that, like, the way that they have to time travel is through Wolverine because, like, they have to, like, kill him but also heal him at the same time because Mm -hmm. his, like, body uh, heals itself. And I like the idea of just, like, you're not actually traveling in time, just your consciousness is. Yes. And they can get away with it because Hugh Jackman never ages. So, mm-hmm. it's like, it works. Yeah, no, it, it's it's fantastic. And I love that they're, like, on the run and, like, they're being hunted down and killed. But he has mm-hmm. to, like, go back in time and then, like, stop the creation of, uh, what are they? This the Sentinels. Sentinels. They, he has to, like, stop the creation mm-hmm. of the Sentinels. Yeah. And uh, Jennifer Lawrence takes it into her own hands mm-hmm. and really throws a fucking wrench into everything and i love magneto in this film this might be my favorite magneto mm-hmm. movie other than first class because he teams up with charles xavier after quicksilver breaks them out which we'll talk about more is a great scene mm-hmm. and he's all for it and then he but his idea because they're like we have to stop mystique from killing bolivar trask because mm-hmm. that's how they get the dna and that's how the, what wipes out mutants in the future and where Magneto and Xavier are together is, we like mutants, let's keep them safe. Just how to do it is where they differ. Yes. And Magneto's like, all right, let's go stop her from killing Trask. And then his idea is, well, if we just kill her, they'll never get her DNA. So then in that scene, he quickly changes gears. There's that scene where he has a gun and then someone pushes the gun out of his hands, but he holds it and then just shoots it while it's floating in the air. Which is so Such fucking a cool. cool. Scene. And uh, then it strikes her and they get her DNA and then he ended up making it worse. And then you get the fucking sequence when he lifts up an entire goddamn baseball stadium, drops it over the White House, and it's just like, Magneto runs that movie in the second half, and it's such, such good storytelling. Dude, he's fucking terrifying. Yeah. And uh, I love Hugh Jackman when he wakes up in the 70s, and he has his bone claws, and he's like, what? And he like has to like get used to everything. Yeah. And when he punches Beast in the face, he's like, you and I are going to be good friends, just not right now. And then he <laughs> like, keeps walking around. Just like little things like that, mm-hmm. yeah. And I love that... Um. They try to explain Xavier walking in Origins Wolverine by having McAvoy being able to walk because uh, Hank Beast, like, I developed a serum that takes away his powers, but it gives him the ability to walk. So he's choosing walking over, helping people, mm-hmm. which is an interesting motif that they add to the movie. But then in Origins Wolverine, he still used his mind powers while he walked. So it's like, didn't quite get that one, you morons, but whatever. And continuity, so, schmontinuity. Yep. But they keep going with it. And uh, I like xavier going on the journey of not wanting to help he'd rather walk and then slowly accepting it he'd rather help and have his powers back throughout Mm -hmm. the movie really interesting really cool to see um it really like evolves him as a character yeah it really does and uh at the end because like wolverine's almost kind of like the central character in these x-men movies for the most part because like you said last episode like Mm -hmm. ah they love wolverine let's make it more wolverine yeah and uh but there's a great sequence towards the end of this movie because, like, part of the, your job as a filmmaker is even if in our heads we know that, like, the heroes are going to win, you have to make them, the audience, think for a second, like, oh, maybe they won't. And there's a great scene where, for the first time, Wolverine can charge Magneto because he's not full of adamantium. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, my God, I've been wanting to do this, like, forever. And he runs at him, but then Magneto takes a bunch of, like, metal pipes puts them throughout Wolverine's body, lifts him up. And earlier in the movie, Wolverine told Magneto, he goes, the only thing that's similar about us is that we're both survivors. And then fucking Magneto pulls him towards his face and goes, so much for being a survivor. And just fucking (laughs) throws him into the fucking harbor. And like Wolverine's down and out for the rest of the movie. And it's like, and as an audience member, you're like, oh, fuck, they just fucked off Wolverine for like the third (laughs) act of the movie. Which is a brilliant way to do that. Because like he doesn't have any adamantium in yeah. him he's just he can yeah. actually fucking kill magneto and he's yeah. like ah, not my problem anymore yeah. yeah it was so so good insanely well done mm-hmm. the quicksilver scene and how they did that so stupid evan peters the performance such a great job playing quicksilver mm-hmm. I, I love the breakout scene like it's so good and then the uh the cg shot of him like running around and like licking things and like having fun with his like power is Uh so like pure and i love the setup like he duct tapes the guy really quickly puts on his outfit Mm -hmm. and then when he escapes with magneto he's talking to him and he's like so why are you in here anyway and he goes for killing the president and he hooks over goes oh and he looks at the guy you duct tape and he's like holy shit (laughs) (laughs) i love little things too of like Mm -hmm. whenever he holds michael fassbender's neck and head because he's like hey like fucking whiplash like i love little things like that Uh like the attention to detail i think is like outstanding yeah such a good movie and such a satisfying ending when wolverine wakes up in the future and the school is back kelsey Grammer comes back as beast baby you see him for a second Mm -hmm. you see rogue 
you see everyone. And then, just because they were like, fuck X-Men 3, Wolverine sees a woman with long red hair, and he's like, no fucking way. Goes over, and it's Jean Grey, played by Famke Jensen. And right as he's about to touch her face, a hand comes in, whoa, whoa. And the camera goes, and it's fucking James Marston as Cyclops. And he's like, what are you doing? And it's like, dude, my theater went fucking nuts. And every time I show someone this movie, after they've seen the franchise for the first time, they Mm -hmm. always freak out right there, bringing back uh, Cyclops and Jean Grey. And because there's a great sequence in the middle of the movie where Wolverine talks to young Xavier, Mm -hmm. and he tells them their names. He's like, Storm, Jean, Cyclops. He's like, remember these names, and remember that you always have to keep us safe and help us. Mm -hmm. And then when he sees Professor X... He goes to him and he and he's like they're alive and then Professor X is like well I had a promise to keep and it's like such a good fucking scene such a good moment and it was like for once for once in the X Men world like they got to end happily yeah right <laughs> and it was just this nice brief happy ending that they had until future we'll, installments yeah, we'll, we'll get there <laughs> we'll get there but uh but yeah um any last things you want to add about Days Future Past before we move on yeah I love that like this is the first time you have both uh, iterations of um professor x and um magneto magneto yes thank Mm -hmm. you uh both the old and the young in the same movie and they feel like they're playing the same character just younger and older like they're not trying like um james mcavoy and michael fassbender are not trying to be like uh what are their names patrick stewart and ian mckellen Mm -hmm. like they're not trying to be them they're just playing them as if they were younger and it really feels authentic like this is how Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart would be if they actually were younger playing these characters. Like it just feels real. And, and I love that they have that like dynamic mm-hmm. bouncing back and forth. Cause then it adds another layer to their older, their older selves yeah. and their dynamic going back and forth. And mm-hmm. I, that's something that I absolutely love that mm-hmm. they did in this movie. Oh, and a minor detail that I really loved is mm-hmm. when Wolverine gets to the school, the school is empty and you're like, what, what the hell's going on? And beast says, yeah, no, all the students got drafted. And I was like, Oh my god, I never ever fucking thought about that before. Like mm-hmm. that was insane, insanely good detail. And then you see Havoc in Vietnam later, mm-hmm. which I thought was very interesting. But uh but yeah, such such a good film. Yeah, what's your grade for it? Uh we'll do that at the end. Okay, okay. But uh now let's move on to another great X-Men movie, Deadpool. Yahoo! Where they <laughs> Yahoo! Where they finally fixed that fucking abomination they did in X-Men Origins Wolverine. Uh, this one brings back Ryan Reynolds as Wade Wilson in Deadpool. But correctly. Yep. And what I love about it is that it was a lower budget. I believe it was like a $50 million movie. Low mm-hmm. budget for comic book movies. Because it was the first X-Men movie that went fully R-rated. Mm-hmm. And they were like, fine, we'll decrease the budget. But here you go. Let's see if it works. And holy shit, did it work. I love the simplistic nature of the story. It's really mm-hmm. a love story at its core about Deadpool and um, Miranda Bachran. I forget. Vanessa, I think is the girl's name. Yeah. And uh, he really loves her, and, you know, he gets completely scarred by this operation he did because of his inoperable cancer. And the whole movie is just him trying to go back to her. And it really has the message of, like, you know, it's all about who you are on the inside for an R-rated foul movie. Like, that's the message at the end of the movie. Yeah, It was very interesting and very cute. And it's the comedy works so well. It's fucking hilarious. And the violence, the gore, amazing. Colossus, this is my favorite version of Colossus in all the X-Men movies. Yeah. And the Negasonic Teenage Warhead is so good too. Everything. Oh, she is fantastic in this movie. Her love, banter with love, Deadpool. Love the Deadpool movie. Um, some of the CG is okay. Like, like there's just some stuff like that, just from it being lower budget. Mm-hmm. But the commanding lead performance from Ryan Reynolds, and it was the really first time Fox like just tried something out of the box and new during this whole comic book movie rage, and it worked amazingly Mm -hmm. and it was amazing to see deadpool be able to work in that way Uh, what are your overall thoughts on the deadpool movie yeah i just echo everything you just said like ryan reynolds absolutely steals the show in this but there was no Mm -hmm. doubt about that even whenever it was coming out and i love Mm -hmm. the way that this movie was made because they had the test footage that they did years ago and then it leaked yeah leaked yeah and had such a positive response that they finally just greenlit the movie just yeah. from that response and just you know taking a chance on it and like that's that's what i admire most about this movie is that fox took a chance and it paid off very well mm-hmm. very well so much so that they made a sequel yes and there's really nothing negative about this movie yeah. like the comedy hits the chemistry hits the message hits of like like you said it's mm-hmm. who you are on the inside because like he's just so afraid of like getting rejected by his love yeah that he even like has a wolverine like 
mask yes, that on. Was so funny. Or uh, it was Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Um, but it's just it's a very cute love story. Mm-hmm. And he even says that in the beginning. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, this movie is about love. And it like shows like some part in the middle of the movie. And mm-hmm. then it like backtrack, backtracks yeah. and then goes into the movie um, yeah. chronologically. And then I love the uh, the montage of him just killing people. Like when he's like, you're about to get killed by a Zamboni. And then it cuts <laughs> wide and he's like, eventually. And he's just slowly going yeah. towards him. And I love that he... it's. It's it almost feels like Spider Man where he's like learning his like yeah. outfit, learning like what he's gonna mm-hmm. be doing. Oh, and the way they do his healing factor is so funny. Oh yeah, like uh, when he breaks both of his wrists and leg against Colossus's head, <laughs> and he's just like crawling on the ground, and he just starts chopping off his own hand. <laughs> and his, oh, and Blind Al, the roommate. How did yeah. we forget? She's so fucking funny too. She's hilarious. Oh my god, yes. And and it's so funny because. They set up a joke in this movie that pays off in the second movie, and it is so <laughs> goddamn funny. Like the cure for blindness. Yeah, oh my god, yes. That shit is so funny. Yes, that was very. But very his funny. baby hand. Yeah. How how funny was that when you first saw it? Dude, my whole theater couldn't fucking breathe. It was so great. Oh, it's gonna feel so big in this hand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god, god. it was what so a- funny. What a fantastic movie. Yeah, and like and they got that R rating and they did not they were like if it's they R we're unapologetic. fucking going R. Yeah. It was directed by Tim Miller who would eventually direct Terminator Dark Fate. Hmm. I like that movie. But uh yeah, no, I uh I thoroughly love Deadpool. I love the superhero landing at mm-hmm. the end. And I, oh my god. Oh, she's going to do the superhero landing. Oh, yep, oh, yep. oh, that's so hard on the knees. Yeah. And I love when he's fighting the one guy and he just goes like I forget what name he said. Ajax. No, no, no. Uh it's like a random guy and he he stops fighting and goes, "Brad?" Oh yeah, like mask Wade, <laughs> dude, I love that so much. <laughs> so good, and yeah, um, um, oh, is it Ed Skeen is his name who plays Ajax? I think so. Yeah, he. I thought he'd give a good performance in this film as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, really, really fun, really great movie, uh, and a, a full-on comedy. Yeah, and you know, it works. X Men World, and it worked. Excellently. And they are very unapologetic, like I said, with that yes. R rating. Like, oh yeah, they just really go for it. Oh yeah. And uh, let's go ahead and go on to the next movie in the franchise, mm-hmm. which also came out in 2016, mm-hmm. X-Men Apocalypse. This film gets a lot of hate. I don't hate the movie. I don't think it's excellent. I don't think it's in the top tier of the X-Men movies, but I don't think it's a bad movie either. I know I might be in the minority on that. I do think it has problems, but I also think it does a lot of things correctly. For example, we've said it before, we'll say it again, Magneto handled excellently in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, you finally, for a brief period of time, he finally has happiness. And then it just gets fucking taken Which from him. Which is such such an emotional scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah. His whole family gets murdered, and he uses the locket, kills all the soldiers, holds the blade necklace. is like, is this what you want from me? So good. Like, he tried to escape everything and live yep. a peaceful life. Oh, and we should point out, in the X-Men, like, prequel movies, they go from 60s, 70s to 80s, but no one ages. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so funny. And you first notice it here. You're like, wait, it's been 20 years since first class, and he still looks like... Exactly the same. Yeah. Because then in 10 years, he's supposed to be Ian McKellen. Yeah, right. And then uh, also in the movie, you know, James McAvoy coming back, does an excellent job. This You finally get the younger original X-Men cast. Like You get young Cyclops, young Jean Grey. Storm. Young Storm. Really interesting stuff. And I think all of the actors do a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, I, where I think the problem is, is they try to do the Apocalypse story and the young X-Men story. And it just doesn't work well together. Mm-hmm. But I think when they were both doing their own thing, it was working fine. But when they tried to overlap the stories, that's where it kind of fell apart. Which is interesting because they could have totally done that in first class. Yeah. Like at the mm-hmm. like have a post credit scene of like them yeah. um, getting Storm and getting yeah. young Jean Grey and like having all these characters like as a post credit scene. Because then you wouldn't have to do a whole story on it. Yeah. Then when Apocalypse comes out. You could solely focus on that. So it's very interesting that they didn't, like, capitalize on that when they did. Yeah. yeah. Unle- unless that just wasn't even a thought back mm, then. Yeah. And then when they made Apocalypse, it's like, yeah, shit, we have two different stories. Yeah. Oh, Young Nightcrawler as well. Which is rad as yes. hell. I love Nightcrawler. Yes. And this is the first movie where Jennifer Lawrence very much so does not want to be there. And, and it's, it's very quite obvious. funny. Yeah, she just... Because she just gone in, yeah. like, the first yeah. 20 minutes. And she just hates... Act like in the makeup, so she's rarely in the makeup, and when she's on screen, she's like, oh. you know, like yeah, it's, it's really funny. Uh, I thought Beast does another great job. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quicksilver's in the movie, he does a good job, and they do another huge, bombastic scene with him. And I love the sequence, it's very well done. But I just don't think it was placed as well in the movie as the f- previous one was. Mm-hmm. Um, 
William Stryker comes back from Days of Future Past, the young William Stryker, mm-hmm. and starts you know messing up some mutants, which was really interesting and nice to see. Oscar Isaac plays Apocalypse, and I think he was really wasted. He kind of didn't do as much as he probably could have. Which is funny, because it looks like he cares about what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, him recruiting the Four Horsemen was pretty cool, like when he gets Storm and Angel. Mm-hmm. And when he gets Magneto and he takes him to Auschwitz and he goes, like, just destroy it to the ground. And, like, you get to see Magneto destroy Auschwitz. That was such a cool moment. Um, Especially since we watched his life get ripped apart twice. Yeah. yeah. So it was very rewarding to watch him just it destroy and, it. And, and you buy, like, why he's with Apocalypse because he's normally someone who would never work for anyone else. Yeah. And uh, I also like um, the camaraderie with the younger class of the x-men mm-hmm. i thought they did really well together it's just it's when the movie starts to come together that it kind of falls apart although i love james mcavoy getting kidnapped by apocalypse and that was really interesting to see that yeah. that whole consequence there when havoc destroys cerebro that was awesome but then they fucking killed havoc in the middle of a comedic sequence so you don't even get to fucking mourn it which i fucking hated because they always shafted havoc and i love havoc and then they're like Quicksilver saves everybody, and then Cyclops, where's my brother? And then, oh no, they got him. And then that's it. That's just, that's how he dies. Yeah, I so can't dumb. remember, because like, some of the X-Men movies just blend together. Did yeah. they do the Quicksilver scene again in this one, or was it Dark Phoenix? In this one. In this one, yeah. Because mm-hmm. like, they, I don't think it was as good, because it didn't feel authentic. Like It felt forced. Yeah. It's like, oh, everyone loved the Quicksilver thing. Yeah. We have to do it again, but mm-hmm. with Charles and Charles's school. Yeah. Which, like, it still worked, don't get me wrong, but it just... It didn't feel like it was coming from the right place. Yeah, it was I just agree. like, everyone loved it, let's do yeah. it again. And it was placed right in this like emotional, serious moment. Yeah. And it just completely detracted from what was going on. It felt very odd. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you get some cool shit when they go to Alkali Lake. And if you're an X-Men fan, you're like, oh shit, I know what's about to fucking happen. Mm-hmm. And they take the mutants there because they're looking for Apocalypse. He starts releasing all the nukes. Who cares about that? Because then when the mutants get free, they release fucking Weapon X Wolverine where they kind of quickly just redid Origins in 10 minutes, and it worked much better than that whole movie. Yeah. You see him in the fucking helmet. He's like, Harry, he's fucking... And he wreaks fucking havoc on those fucking people in those hallways. Oh, he's an animal. It was the best PG-13 Wolverine violence we had. <laughs> Until next, which we'll get to in a second. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, no. And then the third act does fall apart a little bit after... Uh, although they do a great joke when Wolverine leaves, Cyclops like, I hope that's the last we see of that guy. Which was, ha, 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 ha. Because he's Hugh Jackman. Yeah. And he's in all of them. No, but... Uh, he really is in every single one of them. Yeah, except Dark Phoenix and New Mutants. Only one. And the Deadpools. Yeah. But um, in uh, later in the movie, uh, towards the third act, that's where it kind of fell apart, trying to stop Apocalypse while doing all these things. Although I liked when Magneto turned and started helping them out. Mm-hmm. And there's one really cool... There's two things I liked about the end. Oh, Psylocke's in this movie as well, played by Olivia Munn, but she was fucking wasted. And Caliban's in this movie, who's also in Logan. Completely different actors, and they almost never reference each other. More <laughs> continuity problems. But uh, there's a great sequence where Mag- um, James McAvoy goes inside of Apocalypse's head and he's in their own minds, and he starts beating the shit out of them in his own brain, and he's like, you're in my house now. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'll take this. I'll buy it. And then you get a brief glimpse of the phoenix when Jean Grey comes in his mind and just fucking and helps out, and you see the outline, and you're like, oh, they're finally going to do it right again this time. And uh, they don't. Spoiler alert. But uh, you get that whole ending sequence, which I thought was very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought that the movie's okay. I think it does a lot of things right. I just think that there are a couple things that it didn't handle well at all. Yeah. And a lot of that comes out in the third act of the film, the second to third act break especially. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, overall, I still like the movie. I just think it's a step down from the previous installments. Um, got any other overall thoughts on Apocalypse? Yeah, I definitely think it's not bad. Um, I do love, like, it's always fun. And there's always something, like, thrilling about watching just a superhero team get together to fight, like, one yeah. one baddie. Like, it's, it's always fun, and the final fight is definitely just my favorite part, just because, like I said, it, it really just okay. brings everyone together, and they face off against Apocalypse. Uh, terrifying, though, Apocalypse is. Uh, it's in his name. Um, <laughs> but it just... It's so... Like, I, I almost cried the first time I watched this movie, probably a year ago, um, when Magneto's family just gets 
Yeah, no, it killed. was like it was, was really so incredibly sad, especially since it kind of comes out of nowhere. Because like you you are with him for a little bit before that, and like mm-hmm. you can see how happy he is. Like mm-hmm. he has a family, and it's like oh, like good for him. He finally got out of the life because like yeah. before that, he's just always the villain. He's always like yeah. kill people, yeah. mutants will rule the world, and then now he's just in a cabin in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. living his life, and some soldiers come up and they're like, hey fuck you man <laughs> and fuck your family yeah but it was it, it's awesome that he was able to kill everyone with the locket and yeah. then just you, like, that was the first time you wanted to see magneto just just wreck havoc yeah. yeah and uh a, a scene that i loved is he goes back to the factory to the people who reported him mm-hmm. and he just gives this epic speech about how he's gonna fucking kill everybody yeah and then apocalypse shows up behind him he just turns around and goes who the fuck are you yeah <laughs> I, I love that sequence <laughs> one thing i hate about this movie yeah fucking so you've it's hinted at in Days Future Past that Quicksilver is Magneto's son. Yeah. And then he confirms it in this movie. And they had this perfect way to tie together that, you know, he's doing this because he lost his family. But he's like, no, you still have family for Quicksilver to say, but I'm your son. And I know they want to do it like, oh, the X-Men's his family, fucking whatever. Mm-hmm. But there's literally a moment where Quicksilver has a chance because they're convincing him to help. And Magneto says, I have no family. And Quicksilver can just be like, yes, you do. I'm your son. And that's what turns him, and it would work great narratively, like they're setting it up, and then Quicksilver just decides not to tell him, and they just, uh, I thought that was so dumb, it's like, okay, don't set it up and then not do it, that's so stupid. What a tease. Yeah, just do it, right? And it was uh, like Nike, just do it. Shia LaBeouf. uh, Shia LaBeouf, yes, I'm so sorry, yes. (laughs) But, uh, But yeah, no, I didn't like that portion of the movie, but overall, I thought it was okay. Yeah. It's it's definitely not as bad as like you said everyone was making it out to be, but yeah. it's just it's it it feels messy. And mm-hmm. like you said, it's probably yeah. because they have two different storylines that they're trying to focus on. But it was really cool to see the original like X Men characters, but their younger selves, yeah, and them get recruited. And uh, it's just I, I feel like there's just too much going on that they just didn't know what they wanted to do. But mm-hmm. it's still not bad. Yeah, yeah, it it was okay. Yeah, uh, but yeah, um. I think uh, we have one more for today, for today, because we have the last part next week, mm-hmm. and that is 2017's Logan, my guy. Which you're most excited about getting into. I know you can see that shit. I think you can, <laughs> which I gypped from the movie theater I used to work at. But uh, it's only one of the greatest goddamn movies ever, let alone an X-Men movie. I Dude, uh, I love the opening of oh him just being the limousine driver, yes. and he like gets the shit beat out of him, and he's like fucking here we go yeah and then he just like destroys everyone i think like the three or four people who were beating the shit out of them yeah like and uh huge spoilers i mean we spoiled all these movies but just again um you finally get wolverine in an r-rated adventure from the director of the wolverine mm -hmm. and he has full creative control and thanks to deadpool yeah thanks to deadpool thank you deadpool (laughs) but uh but yes the opening sequence where he just fucks those guys up. Dude, I remember in the opening sequence when he stabs the dude through the face, my whole theater was like, oh! Because like this is the shit we can't yeah, see. Because we, yeah, we've been waiting for R-rated Wolverine violence forever, and we were finally getting it, and it was yeah. so exciting to see. But they took advantage of the R rating, not just with the violence, but just for the thematic storytelling. Of him just wanting to fucking die. Yep. That's all he wants. Everyone and, around him died. And Professor X is in this movie, and he is, has dementia, Alzheimer's, and but whenever he has like a episode it like almost kills everyone around you and then it's implied that he killed all the x-men in one of these incidents which is so sad because this takes place way in the future mm-hmm. and then wolverine kept him because he was the only person who helped wolverine when no one else could help him. it's so sad and it he just keeps him because he's like he killed all my friends but he's the only person who ever helped me it's so emotional and it's like oh my god this is fucked up and then he has this plan where he's going to take them out on a Sunseeker and just kill themselves. He keeps this adamantium bullet with them so he can do it. And it's mm-hmm. like, Jesus Christ, like Wolverine, are you okay, buddy? <laughs> but, he just uh, needs a hug, man. Yeah, and then you find out that Alkali Lake had taken his DNA and cloned a bunch of new mutants to experiment on them. And a new Wolverine. And a new Wolverine, his daughter, Laura. X-23, who mm-hmm. fucking kicks ass in this movie. Oh, she absolutely yeah. and does. and Daphne Keene is the actor. She does really well. And Stephen Merchant plays Caliban, but a different Caliban from Apocalypse. But we're not going to fucking talk about that. Yeah. And, uh, but, God, just the pacing, the script, the everything about this script was actually nominated for an Academy Award. It's so good. And it's such a great movie. And 
there's a legend around movie nights where someone can Logan cry. And what that means is when I first saw Logan in the theater, I saw it with like five friends and I sobbed so hard at the end of the movie that it almost pretty much caused a scene. And so now whenever something's really sad, the question is, but will it make you Logan cry? Because they're talking about me. Yeah. Because when Wolverine dies, it is so motherfucking sad. And you know what? I was okay. I was crying a little bit, right? Because it's like, I saw X2 when I was like five years old, you know, I'm like, ah, whatever. It's sad. And then that bitch took the cross and turned it into an X. (laughs) And I was like, God damn it. And I just fucking (laughs) lost it. So sad. But dude, how fucking good is that scene, the shot of the woods. Oh, the berserker scene? And all you hear is, and it just cuts to fucking Hugh Jackman going like, oh, you finally get to see the berserker rage, Logan. So goddamn good. And, oh my god! And when Xavier dies, mm-hmm. I've seen that movie so many times, and it's so sad because it's a clone of Wolverine that kills him. Mm-hmm. Which great thematic storytelling where he gets to face the animalistic version of himself that he's afraid of. So good. But that stabs Charles, and then when Wolverine is holding Charles as he's dying, all he's saying is like, "It wasn't me. I swear it wasn't me." Oh, it's it's like, so sad. <laughs> it's so heartbreaking. On that scene where they bury Charles and like Wolverine mm-hmm. can't even get through like talking without just losing it. Yeah. Oh. Dude, okay, honestly, fucking give random families a break, man. <laughs> give random ass families a break. Yeah, just... that was that was heartbreaking. That family that helped and they just get fucking slaughtered by yeah. X twenty four. That shit was so sad. It was. It was really sad. Just Wolverine can't. And the thing is, Charles is trying to show Logan, like, see, you can still do this. You can have a happy life. And then just fucking nope. And Richard E. Grant was really good as the villain, too. Oh, and Boyd Holbrook as, like, the fucking <laughs> southern, like... The southern twang guy. As I live and breathe, the Wolverine. Fucking, I love him so much. Fantastic. But, uh, such a great film. Mm-hmm. And, like, it makes you think. Like, it questions your life afterwards. It's violent. It's it's very It's emotionally, a very deep movie. It's very deep. It's emotionally resonant. It's, a, it's everything. Mm-hmm. The action scenes, great. Everything is great. It is such a great film. And I'm glad they went with this approach because, like, you could easily take Wolverine, like, I just want to fucking die because I live forever, like, yeah. as super cheesy and corny. But it's so good because, like you said, it's it's hinted at, heavily implied that Patrick Stewart killed everyone with yeah. one of these episodes. Mm-hmm. And, like, everyone that Hugh Jackman cares and loves for is dead, but he just, he cannot die even though he's yeah. now aged. Yeah. He just his body won't let him mm-hmm. and he's been wolverine for what since the yeah. 60s yeah. And, so and, it's like... and, as, and as much and he's finally the adamantium is finally poisoning his mutant dna so mm-hmm. he's finally going to die but he there's that one hero part of him that just won't let him not take care of charles and it's just well like, not only that but like as the kids as well like he wants because yeah. they have to cross the border into canada canada mm-hmm. and then they'll be free and away from like american military yeah so he like has to help them which is why he goes into the berserker but like yeah. it's just it's his final last effort to like be a hero and it's mutants. so fucking good dude <laughs> it's so sad dude no when he's dying and he fucking says don't be what they made you to his dog oh my dude i'm getting teary-eyed dude it's so fucking <laughs> sad such a good movie. So, question is: Do you prefer the noir version? I actually haven't watched it yet. Okay, okay. I have it. The black. There's a black and white version of the movie. I have. I haven't watched it yet. Mm-hmm. I will. Don't worry. Yeah. But uh, I'm wondering if that'll like hit differently. It's the same exact movie. Yeah. They didn't add anything to it. It's now, just instead of if it was in noir, colors, but the blood stayed red, I I like would Sin City. I would watch all of it every day. Yeah. For the rest of my life, but apparently it's not the case. But I'm still. I'm, I'm sure it's still great because it, it all. It feels like a western too, which is very does, yeah. very interesting. But uh, but yeah, God. All right, so without ranking them, because we'll wait till the end and do when we rank all these extra movies, it's going to get Mother fucking tough. Fucker, it's yeah. going to get tough. But uh, give me your grades for Days of Future Past, Deadpool, Apocalypse, and Logan. Days of Future Past, four and a half stars. Okay, I don't think it's a perfect movie. I don't mm-hmm. have anything wrong with it. it. Just doesn't feel perfect. Okay. Um, Deadpool, five stars, easy, no doubt about that. Um, okay. Apocalypse, I would definitely say probably three and a half. It feels average. Feels mm-hmm. uh, feels messy at times, uh, and then Logan five stars, like no n- cool. no doubt about it. Cool. But, uh, I'm going to give Deadpool past an A plus. Okay, I think it's almost perfect. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give Deadpool an A. Oh, oh wow. Okay. I'm going to give Apocalypse a B, mm-hmm. 
and I'm gonna give Logan an A plus because fucking Logan. you guys think 2017 was such a good year for movies I just sucked Logan's dick for like the past 10 minutes that's my third favorite movie of 2017 like that's how Behind good what? 2017 Wind River and Blade Runner 2049 Wind River really okay yeah. I mean, that's a fucking great movie yeah but damn yeah but it's like such great films mm-hmm. but uh but yeah one more x-men episode of franchise spotlight which doing... we will have what dark phoenix and deadpool 2 dark phoenix and new mutants Deadpool 2, that's right and that's it 20 years x-men movies and gone in three or four weeks <laughs> shit yeah but yeah yeah but we're slowly but surely getting through them uh i think that's all we have planned for today's show yeah thank you guys so much for watching and uh we'll see you next time bye-bye